Hey, Mary. Kate. Hello. Hi. Now, Mary, tell me about your favourite thing. Kate, my favourite thing at the moment is not creepy at all, but my sort of full wall CSI style, like investigation, string theory, like photos and angles. Come on, come on, spill it. What's going on? (laughs) Okay. So for a while now, I have been trying to track the existence or not of uh, Bluey season three. I know we still don't even know when we're going to get that second round of season two episodes in Australia, but um, back in May, in Side Film uh, had a story that Ludo was about to deliver its 100th episode on July 10th, which I think is today or going well. Mm. Um, so that's, you know, nearly 102, nearly all of season two done, which made me then think, well, like, what are they all going to do? Like, if they haven't got season three locked down, like, sh- I'm sure they all deserve a break, actually. Actually, that's official. Take a break, uh, lovely a break. team. Know, oh, my gosh. They are amazing. And they've been going um, like the clappers, even with working remotely as well. So, yeah, hats off. Yeah. So, uh, full on. But, yes, I just I needed to know what was happening after that because have you seen there's bluey stamps now? Yes, from Australia Post, which, you know, again, nice little merch tie-in because in dance mode we had the scene in the post office and now you can can have your own collectible case has a picture of the postie, yeah. So um, (laughs) genius yet again, uh, Ludo. But it did make me think like, okay, so it took play school 50 years to get their own stamp, 50 years of being on TV, Bluey. 18 months. I'm like, oh, surely there has to be more seasons coming if they're putting out the stamp. Like, um, well, yeah, I totally agree with you. For for anything Australian to get on a stamp, it's almost got to reach like iconic status generally. Would you not agree? Like, you oh, know, we've had look, things like Gumnut Babies and we've had, um, you know, Dosh and the Kangaroo, again, another classic Australian um, childhood thing yeah yeah they love they love the kids stamps I remember I used to like get the kids like stamp collecting magazine I was I was pretty cool um and yeah stamps targeted at kids uh were always very big um Okay, so the Bluey stamps are coming out. Still no season three. Um, Joe Brum, the creator of Bluey, did an interview with uh, Acme down here in Melbourne, the Australian Centre for the Moving Image, oh, yes, just I love a couple him. weeks ago, uh, which I was so excited to tune into. Um, it was about you know his kind of creative practice and advice for people in the industry wanting to make animation, um, which was all really fascinating. But let's be honest, I was there for the Bluey Goss. Um, And he said he couldn't, when pressed, said he couldn't really comment. Um, Oh, that's a yes. The negotiations were still underway for season three. So that that gave me a bit of hope. So that was was a Wednesday morning. That afternoon, Daily Pearson was on uh, ABC with Patricia Carvalis and was like, oh, yeah, and we'll be working on season three. Uh, later in the year. So, like, 
that seemed very casual, like for all my build up and my full investigation wall and all that string. Um, you can put yeah, the blue light I, away. I think I can put it down now. So yeah. uh, still would like a bit more detail, but I think we can, you know, they didn't make much of it over on ABC. I'll have to have a, have a chat to PK about that. But um, yeah, I think we can announce it here. Bluey season three, definitely happening. We will be doing a season three um, and that'll start later this year, next year. Um, and then beyond that, we don't know. Like when we were first chatting about it, we said we wanted it to be, you know, what Paddington is to the UK. We we don't want it to disappear in a year. We really would love this for a show that granddads pass to their sons and mothers pass to their daughters. And, you know, we, we would love if we could make Bluey uh, that show. Oh, that's amazing news. I mean, um, look, even if ABC doesn't give them the cash for it, I'm sure any of the commercial broadcasters here in Australia, overseas, Disney, CBBS, everyone's going to be already in love with Bluey. I'm sure they'll all be jumping on the bandwagon and keen to hand over their dollar bucks to secure those season rights. I feel like you could just pass the hat around every parent who uh, went into lockdown around Australia and you'd, you'd uh, drum up that cash pretty fast, I reckon. Take my money. Please take my uh, money. Yeah. Anyway, so a very long-winded but very favourite thing, Kate. That is an excellent favourite <laughs> and- thing. Ooh, can we play what was your favourite thing today? Okay. Hooray! I will add I wasn't just delaying on talking about the actual events of favourite thing, but, um, yeah, where does it take you? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is another episode that we pre-recorded and then Uh, then lost in the great um, cursed night of um, June 2020. Uh, Like this whole year it can get in the bin. Anyway, we started off quite liking this episode and I think by the end of our discussion we were kind of less enthused about (laughs) the general flow of the episode. So that's what I want to unpack with you here today, Mary. Is favourite thing our favourite thing or is it a mediocre thing or is is there aspects of this which really just grind your gears? Uh, That's what I need to know. Okay, so where do we start? We start (laughs) this episode with... At the dinner table, yeah. Yeah, at the dinner table and... um, as Bandit says, Woo, T-Bone! I love a T-Bone, but there's a very negative twist coming on that um, uh, later in the episode where he starts putting sauce on his T-Bone. So already I'm conflicted. I'm, um, I'm just going to come out and say it. T-Bone on a, like, with tomato sauce, no good. It's just, what are you doing, Bandit? We had so much respect for you. And every time <laughs> you take a bite of that bloody steak, it's just evaporating at a rate of knots. Like, uh, yeah, is this a Queensland thing, Mary? I mean, you lived there for uh, a while. Maybe you can shed some look, light. I certainly never put sauce on a T-bone when I was in Queensland. Perhaps, perhaps I needed to be keeping more of an eye out for this, but I didn't notice it happening around me. I feel like it would be something that would jump out at me. Um, but, yeah, look, I'm not about it. No. I'm definitely not about the sauce. I mean, like um, if it was a nice like gravy, perhaps we could forgive. Maybe a mushroom sauce or even a mustard. I could go a mustard, but tomato yeah. sauce. <sighs> Stretching the friendship. Yeah. Tough one. Much like, and I don't think we talked about it when we did bingo last week, but uh, much like Vegemite in the fridge, just the healers have some weird culinary moves, I've got to say. Oh, I'm okay with Vegemite in the fridge. Like, Tim's, 
didn't used to do that when we started going out. Thankfully, now Vegemite is still in, like firmly in the cupboard. But yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe just the hangover from you know like renting days when like you know food is precious and if it's not on your shelves doing your thing. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Then it then it all gets sort of mixed. Uh, <laughs> Or Nick. Oh man, I forgot about Sharehouse strategic placement of food. But yeah, I'm I'm happy to forget about that actually. But then um, um, in Queensland, don't most people put everything in the fridge because the weather's so weird? It makes everything a bit gross if it's in the cupboard. Oh look, I people said that, but no, we like I, I've never seen Vegemite melt. Put it that way. <laughs> so, and I've certainly have never kept it in the fridge. Well, it's yeast. I mean, yeast can't melt. Surely, anyway. <laughs> Oh, melty oh, yeast. Oh, this melty episode's yeast. going downhill fast. Um, okay, and really, hold on two seconds. I've just got to get Joe. I would like to uh, introduce Joseph McMahon. Welcome him to the podcast. Hey, Joe. Hey, hey. Someone's a bit snuffly today. Will had one day back at childcare and came home oh. with a snotty face. Like we've been in, we've been like isolating for months because <laughs> I was pregnant, and Olivia, um, our daughter, having her disability, she's more vulnerable. And literally, he was back for one day and came home with a nose full of snot. So, yeah, Just thanks for that. Well, <laughs> great. Too brutal. Oh. Yeah. That was not my favorite thing either. So, yes. health is coming. Surely, <laughs> um, of course, this episode, I guess um, we go from that T-bone to what is a very Steinery, I guess, um, saying grace. And it's a really cute little song. For the golden corn and the apples on the trees, for the golden butter and the honey from the bees. For fruits and nuts and berries, they grow beside the way. We praise our loving mother earth and thank her every day. Hooray! <laughs> Definitely haven't heard that one before, but, um, yeah. So my sister went to a uniting church kindergarten when we were growing okay. up. And they had their own, like, little equivalent ditty, I'm going to say. And, you know, I love a jingle. It was the 80s. So, you know, it, it, got, it got a run. At the, uh, in the household at that time? Yeah, well, you know, growing up Catholic, Grace was very integral to the whole dinner process. Um, But, yeah, sung Grace, completely kind of foreign to me. And actually I don't think I ever even encountered a sung Grace until I was a girl guide and Grace was in the, I guess, 90s um, when you went on camps and you all sat down to the terrible dinner you had cooked on the campfire, you then had to lead a rousing chorus of some grace or another. And they had like a whole kind of photocopied book of all the different ones you could pick from. The one that really stuck with me was called, and the one that was pretty much hands down the favourite, I've got to say, it was called Superman Grace. Superman which, Grace. I love it. Sounds promising. Um, you weren't actually thanking Superman for the food, um, although I guess that's a good metaphor. Um, actually, maybe not. Um, but, yeah, so basically the old school Superman theme, you just were like, thank you, God, for giving us food. And if this is ringing bells for anyone else, like, 
uh, I share the trauma. Um, but yeah, so I can imagine you, there was and, a lot of enthusiasm for this. Particular uh, well, it had like hand movements. So as well as yeah, the the super high camp singing, you were like punching arms in the air to sort of get them <laughs> up, like Superman zooming through the sky. So. Um, yeah, not one I'll be implementing at our house. Like you could just see the food flying before a mouthful had even been eaten. Um, <laughs> I, I love your yeah, um, holding hands for Steiner Grace and, you know, the golden corn and the, um, the pink salt on the table. Uh, yeah, that sounds much more doable. <laughs> uh, we've eaten dinner together many a time and I actually love the grace that you guys, um, do at your house and yeah, it's, it's a good one. Well, look, it was instituted, I must admit, in a uh, not so much in a spirit of gratefulness as in a spirit of rage from me that no one was thanking me for making dinner. Um, so, yeah, our grace is like, thank you, mummy and daddy, for making the money. Thank you, mummy and or daddy or whoever made the dinner. And thank you, Jesus, for our lovely family to eat it with. Um, and then, you know, various other thank yous of the day get thrown in. Um, but yeah, the first time I said it in front of my mum, she was quick to point out that actually we should be thanking Jesus uh, for the brains that got us the jobs that made us the money. And perhaps there, there could be a few other version, uh, reversionings there as well. So um, yeah, look, Grace is tricky. It really is. <laughs> well, that's new. We landed a kidney. The honey bit's my favourite. Um, your mother reminds me of Caitlin Moran, who the other week, because um, Kim Kardashian was named oh, yeah. a billionaire and Kanye did this, uh, of course he did, ridiculous <laughs> <Of> course. <week. laughs> with a picture of um, tomatoes, I think maybe that they'd grown or something, and he was like, I want to thank God for, you know, all the gifts that we're given sort of thing. It's our life and his still life for you, baby, or something like that. And Caitlin Moran was like, yeah, I'd be I'd be really thrilled if I'd worked my butt off to, to make a billion dollars and then my husband turned around and thanked God for it. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a – yeah, well, look, you know, Everyone deserves a bit of credit, but yeah. you want to, you want Grace to be pretty punchy as well, so it's probably best not to get into the detail. <laughs> so the Grace we had growing up um, was uh, much less cool than all of your Graces. It was um, like a thank you for the world, so sweet. Thank you for the food we eat, yum, yum. Thank you for the birds that sing a ling a ling and thank you, Lord, for everything. Amen. Like apart from the oh man, that is cute. Amen at the end, it really wasn't that inspiring. (laughs) But working on the Superman theme, because Batman is massive in your house, I'm wondering if we could riff somehow on that. Like, Jesus, like we could we could totally make that work. Man, I I can like hear Bon waking up in the other room on the strength of that. Like, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so dinner moves on to the Bluey instigating the game of remembering the favorite things of the day, and. Uh, it kind of goes to hell in a handbasket from there because Bluey's favorite thing is remembering 
Bingo struggling with morning tea and saying uh, specifically with getting her uh, baby tomatoes onto a fork. This is difficult. (laughs) (laughs) She said difficult. It was so funny. Such a cute moment, like definitely peak bingo. And, Mary, I think this episode does throw up, along with Trificult, some of, like, the most memorable lines of the Bluey season so far or the most memorable Bluey moments. You know, there, uh-huh. there's, there's a lot in here. We'll, we'll get into the other ones as, as they come up. But, yeah, I can think of maybe four or five things, like, from Dude to uh, Jetpack Bingo to Thank You for Cleaning My Toilet that, you know, <laughs> have almost become like little catchphrases in themselves just on the strength of this episode. Yeah, look, this there's so much fun going on in the recaps, but in the real time of this episode, it's actually quite a tough episode because Bingo gets her nose out of joint that she sees that Bluey's making fun of her by remembering her difficult moment and essentially gets a sulk on. Um and Bluey just spends the whole episode trying to make amends, make it right. I didn't mean to upset her. I know. I think she's just embarrassed she said the word wrong. But it was funny. Well, yeah, but I guess she thought you were laughing at her. But I wasn't. And it doesn't go well. <laughs> no. Yeah. Moral of the um, story, you can't. Um, um, no, what is, is the moral yeah, of the story? Who knows? Let's uh, wait Well, the moral of the story is, I am triggered by this plot line because I am 100% hand on heart, the bluey. I am just someone who cannot sit with, you know, not making things better. I'm absolutely that over proactive uh, person when it comes to trying to fix things. And um, as Chili and Bandit know, sometimes these things just take time. She'll be right. Just eat your dinner. So uh, as they're going around the, the table to try and make amends with uh, Bluey helping uh-huh. Bingo, she's asking or begging her mum and dad. Can you make sure that your favourite thing is something where Bingo does something really funny in it? Okay, sweetheart. Um, I think mum was talking about her favourite moment being the game Thank You for Cleaning My Toilet. <laughs> mum? Yes? Open the lid. Okay. Stick your finger in. Mm-hmm. Now wiggle it round. Okay. Take it out. Now close the lid. Thank you for cleaning my toilet. What? <laughs> <laughs> that was disgusting. Any um, parent who was watching the previews of Bluey um, in the lead up on ABC Kids to Season 2 dropping will relate that this was a game that so many kids were running up to their parents with their hand in a little fist going, stick your finger in and wiggle it around and and just being firstly confused and secondly disgusted. <laughs> Do you and- think, like, uh, as, as the um, retelling of this plays out, um, Chili is certainly very obliging and not very questioning of Bingo's motives. Do you think uh, this is the first time this one's been pulled on her? (laughs) Um, Well, probably not. I think, you know, they're good sports, so (laughs) she probably was going to go along with it even if it had been the hundredth time. And little kids 
I, they tend to latch on to a joke, don't they? And then it's like the same joke is recycled over and over oh, and over yeah. again. Bingo uh, has quite a lot of material, it turns out, because she she cracks a few good ones in this episode. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd never heard of Thank You for Cleaning My Toilet. Um, the way it landed with kids, it made me think that, yes, it, it was invented by the show um, because, yeah, which surely we would have heard by now if kids were already doing that. Um, one that certainly took me straight back to primary school is uh, later when Dad recalls his favourite thing um, and Bingo comes in as he's uh, actually in the toilet, not on the toilet, but uh, changing the light bulb and um, asks him the classic. Daddy. Yeah, mate. What's your name? Dad. And what is this? Nose. And what am I holding? Uh, nothing. <laughs> Dad knows nothing. Oh, what? Did you ever experience that one in the playground, Kate? Yes, and I'm incredibly naive at the best of times, so no doubt I was sucking <laughs> in on many an occasion. I just get a little bit antsy even just starting to hear that, like, what's your name? Like, and what's this? Oh. Oh. It's painful. And I reckon, like, I've realised that watching it and watching how uh, nobly Bandit walks into it, I am a terrible person slash adult in that I still just, like, a little kid tries that on me and I'm like, no, no, I'm smarter than you, little kid. Like, I'm not falling for this, which is obviously not the right response. But it's because I just go back to five-year-old playground Mary and, like, horrified that I'm being mocked and I just can't deal with it. So, uh Good to have Bandit modelling the way you're meant to do it and, yeah, you know, I'm in the maybe in another. Lobby, I would just be like, no, we do not play that game in the house. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then go to my room and, like, take a few deep breaths and curl into the fetal position <laughs> until I feel better. <laughs> oh, man, childhood is traumatic. But can be. It is so, it is so rewarding for the child that uh, – gets to pull the dad knows nothing um, or equivalent. But I don't know. Well, I mean, Uh, this Is it teasing? Is it mean? This this material, like if you are the instigator of any of these things in the playground, it automatically makes you amazingly cool, right? Yes. And I I feel that like oldest children, of which we are both ish in our families. Yes, um, (laughs) we are it disadvantage in this category because like younger siblings oh, have their older siblings to show them the path basically yeah yeah and then they can go to school and try out all their material on an unsuspecting audience who are flabbergasted with their brilliance so it's <laughs> <laughs> a good point yeah so you know I, I feel maybe it's just the oldest kids that are slightly traumatized and you know, maybe younger siblings are traumatised in other ways, like, you know, physical pain sort of things. <laughs> so the antics of bingo throughout the day um, do not cheer bingo up in the real time of this episode. Um And eventually, Bluey hits on a new approach that she's sure is going to work and enter Jetpack Bingo. (laughs) (laughs) I just love how quickly Bluey can retell the story of the day with a bit of high drama and uh, 
hippopotamuses falling out of the sky. <laughs> Look, I think um, the moral that I've taken out of this is that we all need to find someone who looks at us the way that Bandit looks at that hippopotamus's bum. <laughs> Um, I try to think how we can explain this to people who haven't seen the scene and there's just no way, is there? But let me let me give it a try. So Bluey starts by retelling the scene where Bingo's um trying to stab cherry tomatoes with her fork and says this is difficult, thus correcting earlier um mistake that put her foot in it. Um, and then uh, one of the cherry tomatoes flies off Bingo's plate, hits Dad square in the face. Dad is carrying a garden gnome for some inexplicable reason. <laughs> and then a hippopotamus starts falling from the sky and Chili comes in panto style going, who will save Jeremy from the falling hippo? And everyone looks confused. And then Bingo says, I will, presses a button, out pops wings, and then in a very um, uh, 80s comic sort of style way, zooms up into the sky and uh, lifts the hippopotamus away from danger, uh, the danger zone of landing on the garden gnome. Who will save Jeremy from the falling hippo? I will. The no. day is saved. Yeah. Ba, 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 ba. Um, there was amazing. A, a great reference actually with this moment, um, which I'm really still a little bit annoyed at um, Mr. McMahon about. So Tim, my lovely husband, um, realised that the jetpack bingo moment where she's lifting up the hippopotamus is almost a direct uh, homage, if you like, to the opening credits of Astro Boy where he is lifting up some sort of monstrous, uh, sort of like a rhino but it's like a mutant rhino and he's lifting it up and carrying it away through the sky and there's a moment where... um, he went on to the Bluey fan page. Um, Tim, not Astro Boy. Tim, yeah, yeah, Tim, sorry. <laughs> and and Tim did a side-by-side comparison of the Astro Boy photo with Jetpack Bingo. And afterwards I was like, why didn't you give that to us? Because that is like <laughs> great material. Um, but, you know, he got 274 likes and loves. So, you know. <laughs> And counting. And, and counting. months of adulation, whereas we're only just getting around to talking about it now. So, Tim, you clearly made the right choice. Uh, <laughs> but I'm still furious. And what a spot, really. Uh, Astro Boy must be like one of the the most perfect cartoons of the 80s, I reckon. Oh, it was brilliant. And in the throes of this uh, Astro Boy jetpack bingo uh, retelling, uh, got to shout out to that classic line, which is a repeat from Backpackers. Jeremy, no! Jeremy, no! <laughs> I love how accident-prone Jeremy is and I really want just a whole episode of Bluey to uh, tell us a bit more about Jeremy's backstory. <laughs> I reckon they could make that happen. Are they still looking for, surely if there's a whole season of Bluey coming, they're going to need more ideas, right? This is our <laughs> moment to shine. Take notes, Ludo. <laughs> um, anyway, so more things that we dislike about this episode. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, look, I feel like Jetpack Bingo is a big like. Yes, but even, big like. That, even that, back to the real time of this episode, uh, doesn't quite get Bingo over the line to be happy. And it comes it comes to this 
classic exchange um, between Bluey and Bingo, with Bluey saying, This isn't fair, Bingo. I said sorry. And I tried 100 times to cheer you up, but you're still trying to make me feel sad. I can't help it. She's not trying to make you feel sad, Bluey. I'm just sad. It's such a, I reckon it's such a common conundrum for parents as well. Like I've said, you know, I'm that classic fixer, Mm -hmm. but every parent wants to fix their kids' problems. And yeah, it's sometimes it's just all the reasoning and all the cheering up in the world isn't going to cut it. Yeah. There's a word for that, you know, Mary. It's called being a bulldozer parent. It's like being a tiger <laughs> mum, but apparently bulldozer parents um, steamroll all problems away for their children and don't just leave them to sort of work it out on their own or feel. <laughs> but it's a bulldozer of happiness. <laughs> I know. I'm one of those parents too. Uh, I just want my life to be easy for my children. Uh, yeah, and you know what, Ryan um, Ryan uh, Gosling apparently in an interview said that he was a total bulldozer parent. I'm like, it's <laughs> okay. good enough for Ryan Gosling. It's definitely good enough for me. Uh, hey, girl, nice bulldozer. Yeah. <laughs> hey, dude. Come out dinner, dude. Okay, dude. Here's the sauce, dude. Thanks, dude. Okay, all good. Of course, slowly and surely, Bingo kind of just shakes it off all by herself. Um, we get to a point where it's back to happy family dinner. Um, How long would it have taken you to say, Oi, get out of the kitchen. Your dinner's on the table. <laughs> you need to come and sit with us. Because realistically, that's what I would be doing. Uh, my kids haven't worked out yet that they can leave the table at dinner. <laughs> oh, well done. Well done. Um, well, I think high chairs help with that. And, yeah, bon, Bon's been out of a high chair for a while. But um, it's almost Stockholm Syndrome. You've got that imaginary restraint around you that you don't leave. <laughs> so, yeah, um, Will is notorious for getting halfway through his dinner and then going and trying to do something else and we'll be like, all right, have you finished your dinner? And you'll be like, no, and go back to the table and just sit there for a minute and then like sneak off when he thinks no one's looking. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Ninja. ninja. Well, trying to be, but it's really not. It's like, you know, as convincing a ninja as chicken rat ninjas, you know. Ah, like. <laughs> uh, those cute little ninjas. Those cute little ninjas. Anyway, um. One other thing I hate about this episode, Mary, and it's the resurgence of the word dude. I mean, oh yeah. if there is one word that should be left in the 90s, it should be the word dude. I don't know because it's so integral to another 80s, uh, maybe 90s as well, um, cartoon Ninja Turtles, which yeah. I have so much affection for that I can't, like I don't go around saying dude and cowabunga, but I absolutely defend the Ninja Turtles' right to say it. So oh, I, I, <laughs> They were the turtles. This is, this is not something I want my child to be going around calling people dude and then laughing hysterically. Yeah. It, I could see it would get annoying very quickly, but I could also see it could be much worse. <laughs> Perhaps, dude, is at the uh, less offensive, um, the less offensive on the scale of things your child could call you. I guess that is very true. 
That was a fun three hours. And, like, do we realistically think that they ate that alfalfa <laughs> on their plate? <laughs> well, we certainly don't see them eat it, do we? No, we don't. And also, I was confused. Why are you cooking a sausage for afternoon tea and then you've got steak for dinner? Did you cook the steak oh, early see, in the I thought he was. I thought he was cleaning the barbecue. Oh, but so they were cleaning eating the sausage. It. Oh, were they? Oh, yeah. okay. Sausage no idea then. Yeah, I feel like this episode we see a day on the plate in a healer house as well. So Yeah, well, they get to a cafe in the morning. So it's uh, been a pretty pretty good day for kid-friendly food, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe let's not play that game. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, we're living in the past, dudes. This episode goes into a more philosophical place, if you like, um, by once Bingo is finally back at the table and finally happy. The um, Bluey suggests they play not what was your favourite thing today, but what is your favourite thing happening right now? Which Even now. Gets, yeah, which gets a very um, dude-based response from Bandit and um, – yeah, proves to be a bit trickier than they may have anticipated. But I guess, yeah, the overall message of the episode is much like it started with saying grace. It's about, you know, being grateful and maybe maybe appreciating what you've got in that moment rather than trying to cast back and cast forward and um, trying to fix things. But, um, yeah, I don't know. If it, how how well it lands, like it's it's hard to string together compared to some of the some of the other episodes, or perhaps it just went over my head. <laughs> um, I don't know what uh, I can say more than that. Like really. Like- <laughs> Um, but that said, it has been a very long week and a long lead up to recording this episode for the second time. So it might also just the, be that we're out of things to say about it. Um, uh, just, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I'm <laughs> give, you know what? I think this episode deserves a, a score out of 10. And um, after we've evaluated all the different sequences and talked about everything, let's give it a solid seven, I reckon. Like it's not, it's not a favourite. It's no comparison to sleepy time which is a 522 out of 10 um <laughs> let's use the iconic jetpack bingo moments to override the the um what was it a glass of water coming out of bandit's nose is oh the- yeah <laughs> I, yeah actually that was that was my least favorite thing alerting the girls to the fact that if you make dad laugh at dinner water will come out of his nose <laughs> i feel like that is just going to be taken to the bank and it's not going to work out well for Bandit. Um, I had some tea come out of my nose the other day actually because um, someone shared on Facebook um, cheese and crackers tired lockdown mummy. It was like a parody <laughs> of the, the very hungry caterpillar. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, and if you can imagine it, ex- uh, the proper expletive starting with F at the start of that, so tired lockdown mummy, and it was like, you know, on, on the first day, um, the children shaved the dog. Mummy ate. <laughs> Mummy ate an old Easter bunny that she found at a dog biscuit and a gin and tonic. You know, like that sort of thing. Um, it was very, very true to life at the moment. So yeah, we're um, definitely can't wait for uh, science to find vaccine. <laughs> Thank you. 
I think we're there. Oh, there's three long dogs in this episode, I think. Ooh, ooh. Or at least two. Tell me. Tell me more. Uh, one on the fridge. Top, top of the Can't bookshelf. remember where the others are. There's one on top um, of the bookshelf always in the playroom. Yes. Yeah, Do we get can... into the playroom in this episode? Anyway. Yeah, um, you can see it in yeah, the background I... when um, Jetpack Bingo is doing her thing, I think. Our friend Long Dog Spotting. Uh, I'm sure, has them all on their site. And, Mary, did you know that some of our listeners didn't actually know what a long dog was? So, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Our socials have been going off on the topic, actually. Hmm. Um, shout out to listener who's a fairly new listener, I think, Kath Mosley, um, who asked us on Twitter, on um, Insta, what are you guys going on about with this long dog? Um, so luckily I had uh, one of the books um, all about bingo to hand and all the blues yes. books, you can find the long dog. Um, so I was able to snap a photo, put it straight on Insta and tag her um, and say, oh, yeah, here it is. And, you know, just for you and anyone else who doesn't know, oh, my gosh, we so were much chat. So inundated. Much chat. Yeah. So for, um, so for people yeah. who um, haven't seen a long dog before, they're basically a tiny little sausage dog. They can come in different colours um, and they're hidden in the background of um, bluey episodes. So, yeah, we I think most episodes have a long dog in them. Um, yeah, and they can be all different colours and, and shapes and sizes and um, sometimes they're huge. Like in Escape, there's a long dog um, in that picture when um, Bingo and Bluey are landing on the moon. Um, and Ooh. Yeah, and sometimes they're quite obvious, like the one in the sand pit where Indy oh, and yep. Rusty are Ooh, hiding. Mums and dads. Yep. Mums and dads, yep. But other times they're super tricky to find, like um, in charades there's one exactly the same colour as the balls of wool hiding next to Nana's chair. So, yeah, definitely worth keeping an eye out. And such a good excuse to go back and watch all your favourite episodes. So get onto it. <laughs> yes. And if you want a cheats guide, um, look up Long Dog Spotting on Instagram. It's a very random account, but I love it. <laughs> Love the jaunty uh, score in this one that I think just builds and builds on the tune for the Golden Corn, yeah? Yes, and it's sort of a folky tune, Edwin Smith um, and Elizabeth, the last name is yeah. Yes, and um, look, I've done a little bit of digging online and couldn't really find that much except some lady in the States singing it on her guitar on YouTube. Um, but one of... <laughs> One of our uh, listeners said that it is a song that's sung at Steiner schools, which um, I think we've talked about previously, particularly if you haven't listened to much of our podcast before, go back and listen to our episode. Uh, Ooh, yeah, Cal- we go Calypso. deep on Steiner schools in, yeah. from Calypso uh, through Mums and Dads and um, Early Baby. And Early Baby as well, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, the, lots of explanations about gnomes and their role in questions. <laughs> more possibly (laughs) (laughs) we still have so many questions oh so many so many anyway um so uh yes worth a listen if um you haven't had the chance to already um i think we're there kate um so much pressure calling an episode favorite thing really like yeah i think i think they were asking for uh mixed reviews but yeah lots of favorites to take out of this episode um 
you should tell us yours. You can hit us up on the socials. We're at BlueyPod on Insta, at Bluey Podcast on Twitter, and uh, got to be done the Bluey Podcast on Facebook. Or just email. We're BlueyPod at gmail.com. And we love hearing from you and sometimes even get back to you. Sorry to everyone we owe <laughs> correspondence to. <laughs> yeah, sorry. We've had a little bit going on lately, if you haven't noticed. But, um, uh, yes, hi from Victoria as we can continue uh to lurch from disaster to disaster yeah exactly well it feels a bit like that but um yeah it probably isn't i mean compared to the rest of the world we're doing all well, right that's true yeah um, I, yes I yeah think. for those who aren't just because the rest of australia hates us doesn't actually make us that bad <laughs> if you are overseas and wondering what the hell we're talking about um victoria where we live um uh, has the same approach as the rest of Australia in that um, we're taking a suppression approach to COVID. So um, every time a new case is identified, they track everyone that that person might have been in contact with and everyone has to go into quarantine. Um, and by doing that, a lot of the states have been able to lift a lot of the restrictions around like public gatherings and things like that. Um, but Victoria's just had a snowball of cases in the last few weeks and obviously being a really contagious just uh, virus with COVID, um, it's all gotten a bit mad. Yeah, it's it's a it's strange times, and I mean, I think at the start of the year we were looking at um, the bushfires, going, "Oh my god, this is this is huge!" You know, this is going to be a once in a generation kind of thing, like moment, really. And then <laughs> a couple of months mm. later, it's like, "What bushfires? Oh yeah, that was this year." So, oh my gosh, yeah, twenty twenty. Absolutely not our favourite thing. Can we but just call Christmas in July? Get better from here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. call it Christmas in July and get on with 2021. It's got to be better than this. Uh, and at least there's some favourite things from 2020. So bye, baby Joe. Yeah, bye. <laughs> Kate, it's, it's been week. lovely. We'll talk to everyone next week. But in the meantime, it's got to be, be done. done. Bye. bye. Ooh, oh, hippo. I love you. What? <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs>